We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Soccer Radio. This is Derek C. Paul, my co-host, my partner in crime, on a live show. We haven't done a show, period, in forever and a day. Bunny Head's been carrying the flag for us while I've been out there doing some things. I'm here with Michael Stewart, though, former Los Angeles. Horrible, horrible on a live show to mess that up. Former Los Angeles Rams defensive back, <laughs> Michael Stewart. We're back Come with on, Vengeance DC. on a Tuesday night live show. I know, like, tongue-tied, just totally tongue-tied. I can't, I guess I'm excited to be back and rolling on the show. It's been a while since we've had the time just to sit down and talk some football. And it's, when we're talking football, 
the news coming out in the last couple of days aren't aren't it's not looking too good for football, Mike. It's like it's, it's like well, I think it's safe to ask the question now: Will there be a season? We're talking the season. Baseball starts in two days, and they're doing it in front of no fans. But even in a baseball roster, where you on a field you have distance between players, and a football field, twenty-two dudes in each other's faces, team rosters of. 53 men, 46 active usually. I'm thinking that it's changed a little bit, I think, for COVID. But all those things in mind, that's a different animal. And I'm wondering how they're going to do this. What do you think? Yeah, it's it's more than just a wonder. It's uh, it's it's highly, it, it would seem highly improbable given all those things you just listed. Um you know, as long as social distancing is order, as long as we don't really have an understanding really about what COVID-19 really is and how you get it and, and you know, the different, you know, ramifications of if you do. Uh, had a long time driller just found out he just passed away. Uh, a gentleman who, you know, was a great, great player in high school, uh, caught disease. His daughter thought it was just, OK, well, you're fine. We can just do this at home. And the next thing you know in the hospital and I think it was after about 12 or 13 days he's no longer with us so this COVID-19 thing is a real real thing real thing and it's it's carrying its own way I was actually tested today our school did, did testing for us I went and see results I know my, my antibody test came back negative which is nice I think I'm not sure nice nice I guess um, I think the concern across the board now, the way it's going across the country, young and old, especially, yes. I mean, it's, it's hitting the younger group now, the, the, the people who are out on Memorial Day, or during the protests, or out barbecuing or close, and, and now doing, you know, whatever. It's, it's hitting the youth right now, mostly. And in the end, though, is, is it so contagious that we're, gonna, we're all going to get it anyways? It looks like that's going to be the case. How do you plan for that? I guess I'm going to go right at you, Mike, and, and in your life right now as a head football coach, because this isn't, this isn't just about the Rams or, or this is about the sport in general. I mean, high school football feeds into college and then the pros. Yeah. That's, that's the line, okay? Yeah. You don't just go from yeah. middle school to the NFL. You you are developing as a, as a player right. all the way from youth football to middle school football to to high school football to the, to the college level, then to the NFL. What is going on with you at the at the high school level right now in California? Yeah, right now in California, uh, you know, we have what our, our governing body body for sports is called uh, CIF. Uh, and so and they got a northern section and a, and a central section and a southern section. And so we're considered central section. And but all the sections in general, all of them, the governing bodies from the 10 different uh, areas, got together last week and decided that we are pushing football back till uh, January. And most of them are going to to wait uh, until first quarter, which is around, well, it's August 9th for us here in uh, Kern County. And for most other schools, it's around that same time. So most people are pushing things back till at least first quarter because we're also starting starting, uh, distance learning online. And so no students on campus at that point in time if they're able to 
start allowing students back on. They're going to start it with a 25% and see how that goes and things like that. But the thing is, you have all these different precautions that are already in place that if a certain percentage of the school starts to seem to come down, then it's shut back down for X number of days. And so that's where the dilemmas come because you don't know what it's going to be like tomorrow, next week, a month from now, four months from now. So best Best case scenario, if we're able to start going after that October, October 9th date, uh, working in small groups, exercising uh, about 10 people in a group. Uh, but then you got other things. You're supposed to be same group, same coach. But again, you know, we'll probably feel about 70 guys on varsity, but mm-hmm. we only have five, five coaches. So how do you all 70 guys whatever's condition and get ready for the season which would kick off in january on january 7th if everything goes well yep well the first thing that popped in my head is well wait 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 january you know we're all freaked out right now that the virus is going is is moving through in the middle of summer there was some thought and there was evidence of it there was some thought that the virus would calm down during the summer right and it may have, but you get it, it, the virus dies in the heat, sure, but it still lives for a moment, and it all it takes a moment. So folks getting too close, and you you still get spread. In January, though, it's a bit cooler. In some places, yeah. it's a lot cooler. Wouldn't that be a worse time if the disease is still around to go out there and play football? And by the way, man, January's dead in the middle of basketball season. So what if you have two sport athletes? What are you doing with that? Yes. So what they did is they set up set up a calendar. So most of the fall sports are going to kick off in the January uh, through about April. And then what would have been winter sports, they're going to kick off and summer. They're going to kick off around that mid-April to the end, the end of June date. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be a little because um, one of my coaches, we were talking today and we're like, OK, and we were using our schedule as far as starting in January, ending in April. And we're, and we're like, man, if April ends in June, we backed it up to April is like, OK, well, there's going to be guys. It's going to be definitely some overlap in there. But what they haven't done, they haven't technically given the start dates. They've just given all the end dates when sports are ending. So. Yeah, it's it's a mixed bag of tricks. I'm calling them at this point in time, but you're but you're absolutely right. That's a big concern. What does it look like when it does get colder? And then you think about you talk about moving the winter sports back into April. Well, what if a kid plays basketball and also runs track, or a kid plays basketball and um, plays baseball, or a kid wrestles and plays baseball? Right. I, or, I girls, right. girls basketball and softball. I I don't know how well that goes over. That's the high school level. So let's go ahead and play in in the big money sports now, college sports. High school moves to college football, and we're seeing conferences right now canceling their out of conference games. The Big Ten led the charge on that. I think it was with was it with the Pac twelve or with the SEC? One of the two one of the two conferences. And right, I'm 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 starting to wonder if they do the same thing. I'm wondering if we all do the same thing. Just push them all back and see. If if this curve can be flattened out enough that they can just live life, starting all the seasons, including the pros, like in January, 
uh, we, then we talked about then we talked about before the idea of possibly splitting up a season two ways you know yeah put, we you know, did yeah I'm wondering about all those options I, I have to think that in this case all these options are on the table but it hits home too because you just mentioned you know a driller's legend losing his life and we find out the other day that the Whitworth family, the entire Whitworth family, was down with COVID. Right. Hey. Uh, Melissa Whitworth's dad was hospitalized for it. Holy crap! That's that's deep stuff. We hear her talking about how how bad this was. Hearing him talking about in his interview how difficult it was. This is not a joke of a disease. So all those things in no, mind, yeah. I mean, Mike, do you know anybody yet who's had it outside of the one who passed away? Yeah, uh, a good, yeah, a good friend of mine. Uh, he's also administrator here and a minister. Uh, his wife, good friend, I went to school with, and we grew up same church. Uh, yeah, and so they basically quarantined at home, you know, and they would set her food at the, the door, and they were all masked up, but. Uh, she absolutely. She just went back to work last week. Uh, works in the mental health field, but yeah. So when you're talking about, talking about, and the crazy thing was, uh, a mutual friend of ours had. This is how it happened. Talked to him on a Tuesday. Uh, that Sunday, through uh, his church online service, he he announced, "Hey, you know, my wife." Uh, you know, down. So you figure from from Tuesday to that Sunday, she contacted it, or it became you know pre- prevalent. But you know, four day, five day situation. So that's how, and we're like, oh my goodness, goodness. And so uh, you know, but she's doing as well as you're supposed to, I guess, recovering and, and back at work. But yeah, it was a real scary time because again, you just don't know how it's going to affect each individual. And that's the thing that is concerning to me is you don't know it, it can hit close. Um, in the end, there is always going to be a risk. And I think we have to ask when it comes to all these sports and all these different institutions, where are you assessing the risk that's involved to the players, to their families, uh, to at your level, the high school level, the students, college level, the student athletes? Big institutions like Ohio State's 60,000 people big. That's a lot of people on campus. You've got 500-person classes. So obviously, they're, they got to do things differently. In those cases, though, when do you assess risk? We're seeing the same thing as teachers right now, right? We're seeing a large move in the teaching community about, wait, wait, what, what are we doing with school now? Are we we're going back? Are we sure we want to do this? Exactly. Exactly. Right. So, so, yeah, I don't know. It, it just seems like, you know, a lot of these decisions are somewhat made, made are being made where the economics are concerned as opposed to, you know, life and health. Health is concerned. So me and my son, one, one of my sons, we were talking last night and he was just like commenting a lot about, wow, it's interesting that the NFL has had since the draft knowing that something was going up and it seemed like, seemed like they really never had or have a plan and we're just kind of going around and around with all these all these 
you know, scenarios in our own minds. And it's just so interesting that you have these big corporations, if you will, NFL, uh, supposedly should have access to plenty of think tanks and different things. And it just doesn't seem like like anyone has any real planning because no one really wants to do what probably needs to be done is you need you need to just really shut this stuff down for a limited time get everybody on board do the social distancing wear a mask if you out all these things and then we probably really can make a push but it just seems like now with this spread seem like catching fire and you got resistance on both sides it's now you just got something that just seems like it could just spiral out of control well, I look at it as in it's really hard for people to get up on any plan right now because, let's just be honest, from the get-go, no one's known what to do. We've had a lot of people wrong from the very highest parts of government down to local levels, and you don't know what to really believe. The data for everything with this disease has been, shall I say, strangely presented. I mean... It's hard to gauge what where you want to go with it, and then it gets political, and people start calling our names. Or, and I think everybody has valid points. In the end, though, we talk about the economics of versus life. I, we can't forget also the economics play a role in life. Like if you don't have the money to pay for your health health care or pay for quality food, then you're the odds of you Come getting sick are worse. Come so you have now. you got to find yeah. that balance. You got to find that balance somewhere. So wh- where is your risk assessment at? You know, and the NFL has to find that out because if they don't, then they they run the danger of actually being out of the public eye for too long. Yes. And then we're seeing these these tweets from like Aaron Donald and Jared Goff talking about the NFL. Uh, and implying, at least, did you, I don't know if you saw him, implying that they're not doing enough to protect the players. What does the NFL need to do? Yeah, because, again, think about it. About it. You see Whitworth, or he's your one of your buddies, right? He's right, teammate. And you're going like, what? Whit got it? What? His family? It gets real serious at that point. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember being with the Rams – when they announced the uh, or when Magic Johnson announced having AIDS or the virus, I'm sorry. Uh, and and you can imagine the guys in the room are like, what? Magic Johnson, of all people. Oh, my goodness. What does that mean for the rest of us who are out, who are out here, you know, or those guys that are out there doing their, doing their thing? It becomes real serious when someone of, you know, this reputable or star, whatever you want to say. Uh, actually comes down with it, so it's just a blessing, man, to see that his family family is able to to battle back from it. But to just see how he got it seemed like something simple. Oh, and then one, and then it spread really quick throughout the family. That's that's kind of scary. That's one thing he noted was how just how contagious it was, and it's worth knowing there are a couple of different strains of the, of the disease. And apparently, the one going through the U.S. right now is. Not as deadly as what we've seen in other places, but it is quite contagious. Again, baseball starts in two days. I mean, camps starts open. in two days. Camps and, open, but always a question for myself and others are: Who wants to be the person who gets it? 
I know I don't. You know what I mean? You're used to getting a, getting a cold. You're used to, you know, maybe getting a headache. And But this thing, nobody's used to getting COVID, COVID-19 going, oh, man, you're just going to feel a little temperature. You're going you're gonna to be a little sick. You won't have to taste food. No, man, this stuff attacks your lungs. And, again, the information we're getting, you know, now they're saying, oh, well, it's actually – or some stuff I've seen is actually blood clots, and that's what's killing people in the lungs. And I'm like, blood clots? Now that's a whole nother situation as well. So, so yeah, a lot of information or misinformation or hiding information, but uh, just cause for a lot of uncertainty. Well, that's the thing is, is it seems like every day I turn on the news and find out, hey, there's a new symptom. And by the time you go right. through the list of symptoms, you could have anything. At this point, exactly. Come what on, the heck? exactly right. I, I yeah. mean, but in the end, the NFL has to make a call on how they want to do this. The Rams make the call today that they are going to stop season tickets for this year. They're going to push everything forward to next year, and they're advising that for this year they will play either games in front of no one or in front of a very limited amount of fans this year. Which, I, I wish we, I wish it wasn't the case. I'm not, I don't want to say it's the right decision because I don't know if it's the right decision. Nobody knows. We, we'd all love to go to a football well, game. It's like you said. Yeah, when you talk about the overall economics throughout a, a football game, when you're talking about the vendors and the stadium, the different uh employees that are now working at all these, especially with the newer stadiums, stadiums uh, at, at all these different venues within the stadium, restaurants and all, and all those kind of things. You're talking about a lot of people who aren't getting paid, right? Who usually use those things to either be a second, maybe even a third job job uh, to make up, make ends meet. And so, oh, it comes down also to what's your ownership power like? You know, maybe a guy like Stan Kroenke, yeah, a year probably won't do too much to his bottom line. You know what I mean? He has other things going on. But what if you're the Rooney family in Pittsburgh? You know, that's kind of your gig. So I don't know. You know, it, there's just a lot of unanswered uh, answers or questions out there that, that we don't really have any answers to. Well, another thing to think about too is if if they don't play in front of fans, how does this affect the salary cap for twenty twenty one? The one of the things we were excited about exactly. with the Rams was they went. They I mean they basically fixed their salary cap problems in one year by just pulling the band aid off some problems. And, and that's not to say Todd Gurley right. or or Brandon were problems, so to speak. As but their their contracts are problems. They pull the band aids off, and they do this mostly to. to to clear roster space, to start clearing out cap space, to come back reloaded. And we were, and you and I, we both been looking at okay, twenty twenty is going to be. Eh, we'll find out. Twenty twenty one really is the year they're building towards. Well, how does this affect the salary cap? We're, we've been expecting the big raise in the salary cap, with the new contract going into effect. But you know, we're seeing reports that the salary cap could actually drop, and not just drop, but drop dramatically. Then what? Yeah, and, and 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 yeah, and then what? And I mean, you would think, well, hey, well, maybe if there's no games or people there, maybe streaming services picks up a lot 
and makes a lot of money because now you're selling NFL packages and those type of things. Uh, but to your point earlier, does does that bring more people in or does that send more people away saying, you know what? No, nah, I'm not paying that. Now a year goes by or something and maybe now it's starting to look more like the USFL, you know what I mean? Or the XFL. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot at stake. And here you go. Here's just to, just to clarify that this was reported by Ian Rappaport that the NFL could be looking at potentially a drop of at least forty million dollars in the salary cap for next year, depending on how on revenue for this season. The league does want to avoid it, want to at the very least keep the salary cap flat, the least um, or at worst. I have to think that that would really change the plans, not just for the Rams, but for a lot of teams, and. We, you, you mentioned, well, streaming and so on and so forth, but we got like 40 million Americans out of work. Right. I right. Mean, and, 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 and maybe in industries, I mean, you think of some of these big, you know, uh, I think I saw, was it not Nordstrom's, but one of the, the big the big companies like that supposedly filing for bankruptcy and, and different things. Uh, I think my wife told me cheesecake factories, but these are like reputable places that you would think, man, you know, don't you guys have a little more staying power, you know, three or four months. But, you know, if you're really that dependent on people coming in your doors and restaurants and so on and so forth. Yeah. This thing is, is cutting pretty deep. And now with this, you know, some people say it's still the first wave, but I'm going to call it the second wave or second go round. Uh, now hitting a little deeper because now when you have to shut down the second time, that's when people are like, yeah, you know, we're not going to be able to keep you on anymore. And then it starts getting really serious. And so that's where we are. The The Rams make the move, the pushback to 2021. The for season tickets, they make the move for you know, just to, I guess to prepare us to not have fans in a brand new state-of-the-art stadium. Talk about a buzzkill. To build yeah, that, that beautiful cathedral and yeah, no one's going to play there. Weird. Yeah, that seems it doesn't seem like that can happen, but it, it looks like it's looking like that. So, I mean, it, if that's the case, I, th- I think more about the point you've made, Mike, over the course of the year that everybody gets a mulligan this year. I mean, I, I mean, I have to think for the most part that's okay. I don't think Jared Goff will get. I still disagree with you on that. I don't think he'll get a mulligan, but I, you got to think that if you're not able to play in front of fans, your own fans, and that's you know, sometimes Green Bay is a home field advantage with fans in the cold up there. Tell me, I mean, oh, for sure, for I mean, sure. Come on, I mean, Buffalo. If they get in December, yeah, that's an advantage. New England. I mean, all those teams with their serious bandage, uh, and just you know the aura behind knowing that, yeah, when it gets cold here, we know we probably got at least two or three wins because, again, you just can't really adjust that quick to the climate, and so. Uh, yeah, man, I just it just is going to be pretty interesting all the way around. Think about Seattle. Seattle's always with the Rams do pretty well up there overall, but going to Seattle and winning up there without 
the quote unquote Legion of Twelve. Right, twelve man. Right, it doesn't seem so insurmountable. Not, I would venture to think that if teams do it right, plant right, home field advantage may just be gone for the twenty twenty season, at least to a large degree. Cold weather fans, cold weather teams, I think will will still have some advantage. Obviously, like you, like you just explained, but not being able to play in front of your fans that that takes a lot of the edge out of a game. For I would think it would take the edge off for you. Well, you know, I would think of, I'm just trying to sit here thinking as you're talking, like when you're playing in different games, some people, you know, me, it was like, hey, you you can feed off the opposing fans, but sometimes once you get going, you don't really, you're not so much worried about the fans, except in certain places where it's extremely loud, Saints, the Superdome. Obviously, uh, I haven't been up in Seattle, but when you brag about having a 12th man, it's got to be pretty loud. And so all those things, it, as you know, it could be an advantage for you. You're now a disadvantage. Can you imagine playing in those places and all you're hearing is the whistle and the ball snapping? I mean, that would be <laughs> like you're, it's like you're in practice, though, right? <laughs> right. So then are guys really, you know, taking it seriously or guys more worried about, hey, man, don't sneeze over here, or, you know, just – I don't know. It's just all kinds of things that, you know, but maybe we get playing and things just kind of settle down and, and, you know, our worst fear is just kind of the unknown. And so maybe it just gets going and it's like, oh, man, we got business as usual. I mean, that's, I mean, geez, that, that's going to be difficult. And And by the way, if that's happening, then I got to think that, We'll see a lot of surprises this year. If if no one has the home field advantage they had before, if you're not playing the way you see, you're used to playing it, who knows what happens in the NFL this year? Who knows at all? I mean, we talked about this before. Just imagine the effect of not having all these mini camps in person and not being able to be in the office, be in team spaces, getting ready for the season. And now you're going to go out there and try and play. Well, you make a great point, Derek, because think of it. Uh, NFL players are, quote unquote, creatures of, of habit. Okay, this is the off season. Okay, I'm shutting it down. Okay, right after the Pro Bowl. Hey, I'll start kind of training on my own. Okay, March comes. We start training together at the facility. Oh, we got a mini camp in April. Oh, we may have another mini camp in June if it's a new staff, military, voluntary. Oh, we got real camp in July. We got four preseason games or you got one of the games uh, overseas. You may have five. Oh, we start the season in September and so on and so forth. Super Bowl in January. I'm home at Christmas or I'm playing in the playoffs. But now, one, that's all kind of out of whack because you haven't really had an off season. You kind of trying to train by yourself. So that's going to be questionable. How many guys are really putting in the work? Obviously we've seen people like Brady and different people that post videos and, you know, a lot of guys know how to do it, but there's just a different consistency when you know, okay, we got testing days for whatever shuttle run was the dolphins. You know, we had a shuttle run when we came back from a certain mini camp. So you have all these things that make you a creature of habit. Well, all these things are now totally different or somewhat different. 
and then you don't have any expectation on what it's going to be like tomorrow. But big concern when you have, you know, again, guys on our team talking about, hey, man, you guys aren't doing enough to protect the players. Well, what does that mean? That already means that guys are thinking more about their health than some football. And you got to wonder about that. And, and I also think that in some cases, they might not even think about their own health. I think about their family members' health, their parents' health, the people that they're going to see outside of the, the work area. It's not just about them. In many cases, they, these guys are in great health. They're probably thinking, I'll be fine if I get it. But what about my mom and dad? Will I be able to go see them at Thanksgiving? Will, will, will we have to isolate from them because they're at risk? Because I'm, I'm playing in, out there in the field with all these other people. and Those are concerns. <clears throat> it's not necessarily about yourself. Right. And you, you uh, good there. You bring up great points. So I've been on a number of Zoom calls with some of these different co- college coaches and different things like that. Well, a number of college coaches who are like going, you know, uh, Jonathan Franklin at Penn State. Uh, I believe the gentleman down at Florida or Florida State, one of them. But uh, they're all going to isolate from their family for the whole year just because. You know, you have different people if they got asthma in your family or whatever. But the thinking is, hey, I'm going to be around, you know, these 120, 25 college students every day that are kind of from all these different parts. And unless you're like, I believe it's Notre Dame, who's able to just pretty much buy a hotel and keep everybody somewhat quarantined. If you don't have those type of dollars or you don't have any way to recoup those dollars, then people are like, well, we can't do this. We can't do that. So, yeah, a lot of these coaches are quarantining from their own families for the whole year just because they don't want to expose their loved ones to the the COVID-19 if they get exposed. I mean, that's something we all think about. And this goes back to the very to the very essence of what I think the key word for this episode of this conversation has been risk. Risk, risk, risk. How much risk is enough? And just another parting thought on this as the NFL tries to work out this policy, and it goes right in hand with us teachers going back to school, is we have had people the essential quote unquote workers, the restaurant workers, the the supermarket workers, all these workers, delivery people, the, the truckers, these are geez, the truckers go totally unpraised here and not thought, talked about in the process. I mean, if you're a trucker, you have been going every day and you are on the road for everybody else. They've been risking their health to keep things going while many people could alleviate the risk more. Now, those are the kinds of people where we're thinking, okay, wait, 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 we did all this, and we, we see these folks who are playing a game or going to school and teaching, worrying about this risk. And it's, a, it's I wonder how the reaction is going to be. There, there's, there are several different counter arguments to what I just brought up. I'm just pointing out the, that they're there. And I'm wondering how the American public responds like baseball started in a couple of days. We're going to see we're going to see players opt out sooner or later. In baseball, you know, Mike Trout's having a kid soon. 
not him, but his wife is having a kid for the angels. When she, at some point he's going to be gone, and he might decide to stay gone. That's kind of essential, right? But what about other situations like his, or not like his? How will fans react? How will the everyday American react? Um, the essential workers who've been putting their lives on the line every single day, and in terms of risks, not they're not running out and running out and throwing gunfire in the war or anything, but you are putting right. yourself at risk to exposure to a virus. The more people you talk to, the more risk you are. Right. There's no doubt about it. So Yeah, so again, your your favorite word for tonight in our word is risk and yeah, how much is too little, how much is too much, how much is okay, it's worth the risk, but then is any risk worth it if you contracted and it it goes really south on you. Yeah. What I think is probably the smartest thing is what we talked about before. If you're talking about the NFL, split the season up in two parts. Be prepared for that. Split up in two parts. Um, with bye weeks in between the, the core, the winter break, like. Like soccer has a winter break for um, in Premier League, that core December January section there that they're out. Um, is it Premier League? Okay, it's getting late. I'm, I'm forgetting which league does that. But my point is this: that crucial time where you expect the next big big peak to hit, the next wave to hit. Be prepared to take a break then. You know. If the Super Bowl site this year is not flexible on dates, which they probably should be considering who's doing anything at these stadiums now, then you can rebook everything. At this point, you have to play everything by year, but one way to alleviate risk is to, is to focus in on, on having your season during time frames when the risk itself by environment is lower. I wonder if they thought about that. Right. Yeah, you know, you would think so, but what if we get to the winter time and it actually helps? What if it was opposite of what they originally thought? Oh, well, it's not really the heat. It's actually the cold that, you know, gets rid of it, you know, and maybe that is because less people are out just because of weather. You know what I mean? I don't know. But again, it's just so hard to predict. And and I just I'm just thinking as you're you're talking is, yeah, where is the line? You know, we both were in the education field. You know, my wife, especially a couple of weeks ago, really started looking like, well, you know, honey, what what happens? You know, we have two sons that are in high school as well. You know, well, what happens if you got exposed to it and you have to quarantine? Like, where do you go do that? Do you go rent a hotel? You know, how does that work? You know, or now with the Whitworth family as it kind of went through their family, you know, I would imagine by the time they start finding out like, Oh, well we got exposed. Oh, well now such and such has it. Oh. And so that's the thing that to me just keeps coming back to what happens if someone gets exposed, because I don't know, I haven't really seen anything that's, uh, that I can just really put my hat on as far as the NFL. What are, what are they doing 
if someone gets exposed, they're just going to quarantine the individual or the or the whole team. Well, you have to think quarantine. I mean, let's be honest too. The incubation day, the incubation for this thing is almost two weeks, so you could actually go days and days and days without even knowing you've been exposed because the person who was before you didn't know they were exposed. So, right. in that case, so, yeah. it's almost, you know, in a situation like me, I have a daughter, I have two daughters, four and two, right? Okay, if if I were to be exposed, my, my two daughters are not going to accept me being quarantined from them. They're not. Right. The, you know, my eldest understands there's a, you know, a sickness going around, quote unquote, but she's not going to accept it. They're going, you know, they're not going to accept daddy being in the other room to quarantine from them. They're not going to accept daddy go have to go to a hotel or wherever to be away from them. And a lot of these guys who are, who are NFL players are in the same boat. They're younger than me and parents, and they're going to have young children. These kids are not going to accept that stuff. So they have to think about all these things. And it's kind of stinker. This is, it sucks that our first episode back winds up being an impact on the NFL and the Rams COVID episode. We would rather be talking right. about freaking camp, man. I won't be talking about guys who are getting ready to put right. their pads on, previewing right. the, you know. Get it cracking, yeah. Uh, and instead, we're sitting here contemplating, what do we do? And there is the political ramifications of it as well. We, you know, we, we're not a political show. We're not going to be. But we're seeing right. the powers that be, both at the national, state, and even local level, playing political games with this stuff. We don't even know what information is real at this point. So it's frustrating as a fan, a sports fan, especially frustrating as a man. You guys know that you know I lost my full-time gig teaching over this thing. I'm one of many, though. I'm not special. And we're still bickering over it. We're still seeing a little direction. And it is frustrating to watch. Absolutely frustrating to watch. Man, I totally agree. I feel like I'm kind of ranting this episode. <laughs> no, no, it's just, you know, I mean, like you said, I mean, we would love to be, t- be talking about real football and real camp and getting ready to start matching up, you know, who we're going to beat up on this year and, you know, opening a new stadium and all, all the things we were anticipating. And then, boom, you get smacked with this this COVID thing. And at this point, because it's been a couple, it's been months now, but it doesn't seem like any clear direction either way of anything has come about in all these months and all this time, which again, again creates even more uncertainty and can start creating a lot more fear because now as things seem to be get, getting worse in areas, uh, there's still no clear direction on how to really get out of it. So, so put all those scenes together and it just kind of, yeah, makes a little damper on what we should should be getting ready to enjoy. And hopefully, though, I mean, geez, hopefully things can change. You know, things calmed down pretty quickly during that first wave when it, it seemed like things are quiet for almost a month afterwards and then everything hit the fan. So I would say that in that respect, things change in a heartbeat. There's some, there's some, some reports or numbers are showing that maybe we've hit that peak now in this newest outbreak. And if that's the case, great. 
and and we're talking things. Uh, they're different. Well, folks, that's it. I mean, I'm sorry. I wish we had more to talk about today. We, we, and we jumped right into it, so we want to make sure we give a shout-out to to all of our, our listeners over the past couple of years here. Um, we did finish our contest. Brett Pye is the winner for the, the jersey. Um, if you could, though, because Steve is a little goofy, kind of mixed up on the review things, we still need to get 205 star reviews. So if you're still listening, we really appreciate if you guys out there go to Apple Music, leave a review for you know five stars. And if by chance you are unhappy with our podcast, I want to let us know why, but you still don't want to leave a bad review for whatever reason, you can email us or insult to 45 at gmail.com. I read all your emails. And I looked at, I'm always wanting your feedback. And especially now as we're trying to find a way, all of us, to stay afloat afterwards, we do want to hear from you. The Also, I'll let you know you can find us on Twitter at Rams Talk, actually Talk Rams, where uh, find me on Twitter at DC Paul. You can find Mike at OneDuke23. And don't forget where anywhere podcasts can be found. I want to thank the guys over Butting Heads, Steve and Johnny, for carrying the, the flag for us for the last, you know, for much of the summer with me out job hunting and, and Mike dealing with a crazy situation out there for um, for the drillers and, and what they're doing at school. So thank you so much, guys, for doing what you've been doing. And by the way, we're picking back up with, with the tour in the league in the next couple episodes. Also, Clifford Hicks, we did an interview with, with um, actually a football conversation between you two a couple weeks back. And I, it was such a special thing for, for both Mike and for, for Clifford that I want to make sure I get a special edit, a special cleanup done before I put that out. So it's there, guys, and we got more stuff coming for you. Mike, any closing thoughts for you today? No, just glad to be back at it and uh, looking forward to some more regularity. And, man, I'm just excited still, uh, you know, just like one of our kids, they were saying when we were kind of letting them know the update on the latest out here, he said, well, man, Coach, finally I get to play in the, in the winter when it's really cold and it'll be raining. So, you know, they're finding a way to find something positive out of out of all of this and so i think that's what we can do as well uh look for that brighter day which should be coming sooner than later and you never know maybe you can find a positive finally of having spring football that doesn't cancel halfway through the season just want to throw that out there spring football that's not canceled that's great <laughs> there, there you go all right folks we're out of here we'll see you this weekend i'm going to have another edition of the tour in the league out and folks we're we're still plowing the season like like it's happening and we're like it's happening on time so we're out of here we'll see you sunday we're out whether you're moving in together for the first time this can be your closet. Or you're a new parent to a little fur baby. Viva Paper Towels can help you maintain a clean home. They're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. So they clean like cloth, helping you pick up after your new pet in your new home. For an exceptional cloth-like clean, use Viva Towels. Visit vivatowels.com to learn more and start fresh with a clean feeling of home.
The NBA is back. Where else can a city this loud be this slept on? And 30 feet is still in range. Where else is history still in the making? The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.